Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by Stat Hero. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head matchups. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match right now. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Sunday, November 28th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good morning everyone, and as always... Thank you for tuning into this Sunday edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Back-to-back weekends now where I've actually recorded an episode on Saturday and now Sunday. But with Thanksgiving obviously coming on Thursday, happy Thanksgiving once again to all the listeners out there. I hope you all got as stuffed as I did on Thanksgiving night. And I'm, I'm actually still having leftovers. I've had Thanksgiving for the past three days now. Um, so hope you guys all had a, a great Thanksgiving, got to spend some quality time with your families, Um, and then obviously Black Friday came a couple days back as well, and with the Blackhawks squaring off with uh, the division rival St. Louis Blues at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday, I just kind of decided it was going to probably be best to wait until the weekend to come out with the final episode of this week. I'll be recapping that game versus the Blues, of course, uh, and talking about that incredible comeback that the Blackhawks pulled off as well as some stats and takeaways from that game and from practice and everything heading into the weekend. Plus, I gotta be sure to keep you all updated with all the latest news on Adam Gaudet after he was placed on waivers by the Blackhawks on Friday afternoon. So a lot coming up here, a lot on tap for this first ever Sunday edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. I just felt with everything that had been going on the past couple of days, Two games over the weekend, you know, that plus Mailbag Monday, I felt like that would have been a lot to break down in just one episode. So I know I usually don't come out with Sunday episodes. I know people probably aren't going to be uh, listening to this as much as they would during the week, but um, I still felt it was the right decision to kind of split all the latest news in half, whereas I can focus on uh, the game versus San Jose and Mailbag Monday for tomorrow's episode. But to start things off today, folks, Let's get into that 3-2 comeback victory that the Blackhawks pulled off on St. Louis yes, uh, on Friday now, I guess I should say. An enormous win by the Hawks. Obviously, anytime you, you beat the Blues, it feels good. Um, but this was such a big one back at home to keep things going in a positive direction after a heartbreaker to the Calgary Flames on Tuesday, losing 4-2. to two. Uh, Blackhawks probably deserved to come away with at least one point in that game. They wound up getting none. Uh, and, and with the position they're in now, through 20 games on the season, they can't really afford to be losing 
back-to-back games. So, um, big win, big comeback win over the Blues. Derek King moves to 6-2 and two as the interim head coach, and the Blackhawks now sit at 7-11-2. It's still obviously not the start that anyone imagined from this team, not nearly as competitive as a lot of people had hoped, but considering how they started 1-9-2 with Jeremy Colleton, that's pretty significant progress. They've now recorded 12 out of a possible 16 points during this eight-game stretch under Derrick King. And finally, with the win on Friday afternoon over St. Louis, they have a little bit of a signature victory now this season, and that's something I've talked about recently here on the show. Yes, they've been winning, but those wins came over Nashville, a low-scoring team, a COVID-depleted Penguins team, the Arizona Coyotes, the Seattle Kraken, the Vancouver Canucks, The Ottawa Senators, those four teams all are below the Blackhawks in terms of the standings right now, and a couple of those wins weren't going to happen unless unless there was a ton of help from Marc-Andre Fleury in in the goaltending. So, to come away with a win over the division rival St. Louis Blues, the second place team in the Central Division, a team that also the Blackhawks have struggled mightily against in the past couple of years. Prior to Friday afternoon, the Hawks had no wins against the Blues in their last five meetings together, dating all the way back until 2019. And they had also not scored a goal against the Blues in their last two games plus. They had a seven and a half period shutout streak going. So to come away with that win and and considering the way that they did it, facing adversity down two to nothing after 20 minutes, that's kind of a victory they don't have on their resume resume so far this year. So to me, it was really impressive that they muscled their way back and clawed their way to coming away with two points. And it was much, much needed. And as I said a moment ago, after the start they had through their opening, what was that, 12 games under Jeremy Colleton, a 1-9-2 and two record. With that being the way that things shaped out through the first 12 games, The Hawks really can't afford to put together back-to-back losses at this point, so A-plus effort out of the boys on Friday to find a way to come out with those two points against the hated, hated St. Louis Blues. And was it pretty? Hell no, it wasn't pretty. This is the Chicago Blackhawks we're talking about. But that seems like the way the Blackhawks need to pick up their victories right now. I was looking at their schedule. Looking at all the uh, numbers from their first 20 games, the Blackhawks have only scored four goals or more twice so far this year. They're right there near the bottom of the league in goals scored per game, but they've held it down better defensively. They've gotten some much better goaltending out of both Marc-Andre Fleury and Kevin Lankinen. Those two things, if you get better in those areas, you're going to have a chance most nights. Uh, And it took... A little bit of both, good defense and good goaltending in order to pull off that comeback win on Friday against the Blues. Kevin Lankinen, by the way, was the man in net for the Blackhawks after Flurry got the start versus Vancouver and Calgary in the last two games up in Canada. So that seemed like a, a pretty good time to get Lankinen 
back in there for a start before the competition starts ramping up in December. Folks, if you haven't gone and looked at the Blackhawks' schedule in the next couple of weeks, I recommend you go do so right now because it's not going to be a lot of Seattle's and Arizona's and Ottawa's sprinkled in there. No, it's going to be a dogfight for the Blackhawks. So that seemed like a a good time, as I said, to get Lankin in, get his feet wet a little bit before the Blackhawks are really going to need to rely on him against some of the tougher teams across the National Hockey League. Other than Lankin in being in net on Friday, there were two other lineup changes for the Blackhawks that I wanted to mention real quick. One to the forward group and one to the defense. Up front, Dylan Strome, interestingly enough, for the first time under Derek King, served as a healthy scratch on Friday, with Philip Kurashev drawing back in the lineup after sitting out for only one game against Calgary. And the Blackhawks also rolled with some different forward lines once again against St. Louis. We saw Brandon Hagel, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane serve as the top line, which, A+, round of applause. That's a trio I've been asking for for quite some time now because we need to get Jonathan Taze going here offensively. And that nearly happened against the Blues, as I'll get into uh, a little bit more here in just a bit on the episode. Debrinket, Doc, and Kubalik served as the second line, which I think that's the second line that makes the most sense if you go with uh, a loaded top three of Hagel, Taze, and Kane. Kurashev, Borgstrom, and Ryan Carpenter started off as the third line, and then Jujar Kara, Reese Johnson, and Mike Hardman was the fourth line before um, Carpenter and Kara wound up getting switched later on in the contest due to Kara having a, a pretty active and physical opening 20 minutes, and it was clear that he had some pep in his step. Um, but I, I think, excuse me, I think the idea of scratching Dylan Strom is because Derek King's now come to this little realization where if the Blackhawks aren't going to be playing him with playmakers or at the center position, if they're going to be using Dylan Strom in the bottom six, then it does kind of make sense for other guys like Kara and Hardman and Ryan Carpenter and those types to be in the lineup over Strom for because the bottom six, they've they've kind of committed to a grindy role here, right? I think that's probably the mindset behind scratching Strom is because if we're going to use him in a bottom six that isn't going to be offensive-minded, we're just going to go with our grinders. But if there is room for Strom, if there's a spot for him in an offensive situation, I think they'd like to use him there. It's... It's tough, and I understand the mindset, um, but I honestly, I honestly just, I, I don't think we can sit Dylan Strom. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. The Blackhawks, they've played them all six, Derek King's played them all six games, or seven games prior to being healthy, scratched against the Blues. The Blackhawks' power play has been horrendous in the past three weeks. Who's got the one power play goal? It's Dylan Strom. I think we clearly need his offense in there, even if it's not in the best role. While that does make sense a little bit, I still think we got to be rotating him shifts with someone inside those top six. And I honestly am interested to see if tonight against San Jose, uh, he's going to get an opportunity 
to play maybe on that second line with Alex Dabrinkit and Kirby Doc. But to me, there's just no way that Borgstrom or Hardman should be in the lineup over Dylan Strom right now. There, there's no arguments there about what those guys provide over Strom right now. We need the offense, so I really hope and I also do truly believe that this is just going to be a one-game stint for Dylan Strom as a healthy scratch. And then on defense, Wyatt Kalanuck wound up making his season debut yesterday, drawing in for Caleb Jones. And I just... I just don't get what King sees in Eric Gustafson at this point. He's not doing anything on the second power play unit. He's not playing well in the defensive zone. He's coughing the puck up left and right. And he's only got four points through, I believe, 18 games played so far this season. But for whatever reasons, King's yet to pull him out of the lineup. And I I do get that both Caleb Jones and Wyatt Kalanick are just getting things ramped back up from their injuries, but Caleb's been practicing for the entire month of November now, and Kalanuck's been down in Rockford playing game action for the past few weeks as well. So to keep sitting Caleb Jones or Kalanuck over Gustafson, that's just a mistake in my opinion because he's I watch every single game. Eric Gustafson is not getting the job done right now, and Jones and Kalanuck both, I believe, can provide more offensively in the same role that Eric Gustafson's currently in for this Blackhawks team. All right, there are the lineup changes for the Blackhawks on Friday versus St. Louis. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into a full recap of the contest and also a quick preview of Sunday's matchup with the San Jose Sharks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose, but the traditional fantasy sports are a long-term proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. But Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com/slash hockey and use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey, one word in all caps, and also the promo code hockey, one word in all caps, for a 100% match. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on now into segment two, getting into a quick recap quickly of Friday's comeback win versus St. Louis. As I mentioned earlier, it took a, a pretty great effort out of the Hawks' defense and also out of Kevin Lankinen in order to stay alive in this one because the opening 20 minutes were not very good at all from the Blackhawks. The Blues scored just 59 seconds into the game, which no one got to see, by the way, because ESPN is just completely dropping the ball right now. First off, for a game between the Blackhawks and the Blues, for that to not be on cable television, that's absolutely mind-boggling to me. I had, like, five people text me yesterday asking what channel the game was on, and I had to tell them, well, it's not televised here in Chicago. I don't know why. Don't get mad at me. 
But randomly, this is how the NHL is going about their business now, and it, it's terrible. So not only was, was the game not televised, but for the people who actually could watch it through ESPN Plus or through Hulu, the first two games, uh, or the first two minutes of the game weren't even broadcasted. I mean, get it together, ESPN, and, and what what are we doing here? Like, after, uh, this is what I was just about to say, after the Blackhawks game, on a Friday night, with tons of other NHL games going on, None of them were televised or broadcasted on ESPN+, Plus, except for the New Jersey Devils and the Nashville Predators game. Yeah, NHL, just what everyone wants to watch on their Friday night. New Jersey versus Nashville in a hockey game. I mean, it's absolutely a joke right now. They need to figure it out because a lot of people, not only in Chicago, but hockey fans across North America are getting pretty sick of the game coverage so far here in the early going, and because of ESPN's coverage, no one was able to see the Blues goal 59 seconds into the game, but I saw a clip on Twitter, Jordan Cairo, a dangerous former second-round pick of the St. Louis Blues, and probably their best player in this one on Friday, uh, found Pavel Buchnevich Backdoor on a two-on-one for a tap. An easy goal for Buchnevich. One of the easiest to score in the NHL. Uh, it looked like Calvin DeHaan got caught up high and Seth Jones just wasn't able to break up the pass over to Buchnevich. And less than a minute into the game, the Blackhawks already found themselves behind one to nothing. And usually the starts in the first periods under Derek King have been really good for the most part, but that just wasn't the case at the United Center on Friday. The opening 20 minutes were pretty horrendous. Um, the Blackhawks actually should have evened up the score 1-1 to as Jonathan Taze looked to have finally scored his first goal of the season after a blunder by Jordan Bennington gave him a wide-open net. But of course... St. Louis challenges for offsides, and upon further review, Patrick Kane entered the offensive zone before the puck did, which overturned Taze's first goal of the season. So, still no goals in 20 games for Captain Jonathan Taze. You can obviously tell the frustrations building up inside him right now. Slammed his stick on the bench later on in the game. And, you know, I've been saying for months, it's just a matter of time before Johnny gets that first one, and here we are almost in December, and he still has yet to find the back of the net. So that was a frustrating moment for Taves. And then later on in the period, of course, on the Blues' first power play chance of the game, Ivan Barbashev corralled the loose puck out in the slot and beat Lankin in to put the Blues ahead 2 to nothing early. And, and I think at that point, I think... All us Blackhawks fans kind of had an oh boy moment, knowing how much this team has, A, struggled in the face of adversity this year. It's always seemed like it's gone from bad to worse for the Blackhawks in a heartbeat, and whenever it gets to like two to nothing, the tumbleweed effect kicks in. Uh, So that caused the oh boy, that was one part of the oh boy moment for me. And then the other was uh, thinking about how the Blackhawks were going to have to score three goals in this game to come back and win, and three goals, I mean, that seems like climbing a mountain for this offense right now, so uh, it it wasn't looking pretty after those opening uh, opening 20 minutes, but after that first intermission, the rest of the way, the Blackhawks played like the the hungrier team, and I definitely have to give some of the credit to Jake McCabe for dropping the gloves right out of the gate in the second period with, uh, 
with Braden Shen. McKay probably wound up on the losing end of that scrap. He took some good rights from Shen, but I, I gotta tip my cap to the guy for trying to ignite a spark under the boys right at the start of that second period. And what do you know? Less than 30 seconds after that fight for McCabe, the fourth line comes through for a massive goal to stay red hot. And, and by red hot, I mean goals in back-to-back games. That's considered red hot for the Blackhawks' bottom six after what they've done so far this season. Uh, the puck, off an offensive zone faceoff, finds its way to Mike Hardman in the slot. His shot gets gloved out of the air by Bennington, but Jujar Kara got body position in front of the net and knocked the puck out of midair for his second goal of the season to cut the Blackhawks' deficit in half. Mike Hardman also picks up his first point since November 3rd with the primary assist, and Reese Johnson also extends his point streak to two games with an assist as well, giving him three points now during that stretch. How about Reese with the offense as of late, folks? And the entire fourth line, honestly, for that matter. Creating in the dirty areas, going to the front of the net, putting their head down, and getting the job done when this Blackhawks offense needed them to the most. And those are the types of goals that we need to see more more out of, not only from the fourth line, but from this entire team right now, we're not scoring enough. You got to do a better job of getting to the dirty areas. Put your head down. Create traffic in front of the net. Take away the goaltender's vision and just score some greasy goals. They all count the same, guys. So a huge goal there in the opening minute of the second period by the Blackhawks' fourth line. And that really, I think, that sequence of McCabe fighting Braden Shen and then the Blackhawks coming through for a goal right after... I think that's really what changed the tides there because the rest of the way, from that point on, the Blackhawks were the better team and they outplayed the St. Louis Blues. There wasn't a whole lot going on in that second period. Both teams only recorded six shots apiece. Um, But the Blackhawks, after that scrap and after that first goal, they were the team that played with the puck more and created more of the chances and had all the momentum on their side. However. They were only able to find the back of the net uh, one time, and they weren't really able to get a lot of shots off from the high danger areas because even though the Hawks were playing with the puck and they were cycling, I will give St. Louis some credit here because they did a good job of keeping the Hawks' offense to the outside and really kept Bennington from having to bail them out too many, too many times. So after 40 minutes, the Blackhawks were down 2-1, to one needing just one goal in the third period. And and in that third period, like the second, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Not a lot of quality looks. But the Blackhawks, again, played with the puck for almost the entire 20 minutes. And in total, they wound up outshooting the Blues 10-2. And eventually, after all those chances and cycling, and again, there, there weren't a whole lot of high danger looks. But they were playing with the puck. They were moving it in the offensive zone, and it felt like they were going to break through eventually, I was hoping. And what do you know? The big guns come through when the Blackhawks needed them to the most. Jonathan Taze wins a board battle, sends the puck back to the point to Seth Jones. As I just talked about, good things happen when you put the puck on the net. Just cause some havoc, take away the goaltender's vision. Jones just flicks a wrister on net from the point. And who else? but the hard-working Brandon Hagel to get a piece of the shot and tie the game 2-2 two to two with under six minutes to play. Hagel jumps into the glass in celebration. His seventh goal of the season, 
also extended his goal streak to three games. And this freaking guy just continues to come through in the clutch for this Blackhawks team. Another massive third period goal by Brandon Hagel to keep the Blackhawks alive and eventually is what wound up forcing overtime. But Brandon Hagel is is really growing right in front of our eyes into a full NHL player. We saw the defensive side from him. We saw the great forechecking last year and his ability to go from defense to offense. But the way he's produced in big-time moments for this Blackhawks team, especially in the third period and, and late in games, he's been great. There's no other way to put it. Brandon Hagel has been an impact player night in and night out for this Blackhawks team. Some great effort down the stretch, not only by Hagel, but by the rest of this Blackhawks squad in order to get at least one point in this game on Friday. But as I've talked about recently, moral victories don't really don't really do it for this team at this point. And they just can't afford to lose back-to-back games right now. And in the three-on-three overtime period, it didn't take long. The Blackhawks actually start off started off with Jonathan Taves, Kirby Dock, and Seth Jones on the ice. But due to a perfectly timed change, that led to a two-on-one for who else but Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. And as they do best, Kane sauced the puck right into Cat's wheelhouse, and he hammered it home for another overtime game-winning goal. Dabrinkit's 12th goal of the season lifts the Blackhawks to a massive 3-2 victory over the rival St. Louis Blues. The first time they've defeated St. Louis since all the way back in 2019. Feels good to be back on the winning end, especially someone who's got a lot of family and friends in the St. Louis area. It feels good to finally be able to throw some jabs at those people again. Uh, and in what dramatic fashion to finish it off. Kane and Debrinkit, as they do best, find each other on a two-on-one to seal the deal and give the Blackhawks, in my opinion, their first marquee win under interim coach Derek King. All right, there's my recap of the Blackhawks come from behind win over the Blues yesterday. Coming up in just a minute, I'll talk about the latest updates on Adam Gaudet, as well as a quick preview of tomorrow's matchup with the San Jose Sharks. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL and college football are both starting to close in on the postseason. There's also some awesome football games coming up today that I know you want to throw money down on. And also, we're right in the midst of the NBA and NHL getting up and running as well. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment three now, 
real quick. One reason why I also wanted to wait until the weekend to record this episode is because I also wanted to see what was going to happen with Adam Gaudet here after Blackhawks practice on Saturday. And for those who don't know yet, forward Adam Gaudet was placed on waivers by the Blackhawks on Friday afternoon. And Derek King spoke about the situation following the game on Friday against the Blues. He basically said that there just isn't a spot inside the lineup right now where he thinks Gaudet can slot in and help this team. And basically to me, King just made it sound like he knows this bottom six needs to be grindy. And that's not the style of play that fits well with Gaudet. It's almost like Dylan Strome, actually. If Strome isn't going to be playing in an offensive role, then it seems like the Blackhawks kind of don't want him in their lineup at this point, which, again, I, I do understand a little bit because this team's identity right now, let's face it, is as a grindy team. I would have literally never guessed that this Blackhawks team would struggle to find the back of the net so much, but uh, here we are, and it seems like the only way we can pull out victories right now is in low-scoring affairs. That's what gives us the best chance to win, and because Gaudet doesn't play that style, King hasn't been able to get him a spot in the lineup consistently, so sadly, as most of you know, I, I uh, had a slight bias towards Adam Gaudet because I really do believe in his offensive abilities and I think he could have helped out this Blackhawks lineup but sadly Gaudet was placed on waivers on Friday and I think this could wind up being a move that the Blackhawks regret in the future because later on 24 hours later on Saturday afternoon just after practice had finished up at Fifth Third Arena I didn't see Gaudet on the ice which kind of told me all I needed to know even though he would have been sent down to Rockford but on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock, it came out that the Ottawa Senators had officially claimed Gaudet off of waivers. So his time with the Blackhawks is now over, which obviously makes me upset because, again, I, I really think he could have helped this team if they use him, if they used him in the right manner. But I'm also happy that he's going to be going to a, a Senators team that clearly wants him on their roster and, and is going to be giving him more of an opportunity than he had here in Chicago with the Blackhawks. So, Gaudet is officially no longer a member of the Chicago Blackhawks as of Saturday afternoon. Again, he was not on the ice for practice. Not sure if he got to say bye to his teammates or anything, but um, all the best to Adam Gaudet. I, I really mean that. And I really do hope uh, he can make the best of his chance here with the Sens because I think he's a good player and I think he's someone that could help a hockey team if he's used in the right spot someday. So, Goddad's gone officially. There will be no more discussions of whether or not he should be in the lineup unless we're talking about him with the Ottawa Senators. Sorry, Adam Goddad. I know you probably thought... It was going to turn out better here in Chicago, as a lot of people did. A lot of beat writers and people I talked to around the Blackhawks team in the preseason thought Gaudet was a potential breakout player, and that just wound up not happening because he never got the consistent looks with this team. So, again, as I said earlier, I think this could be a move that the Blackhawks regret in the future because there are limited guys who I've seen that can play inside the bottom six, play with grinders, and still 
can produce offensively. Even though he didn't show it this season, he only played in like eight games and was really never given a role. So um, even when he did get an opportunity to play, I never thought Gaudet was put in the right situation or given the proper amount of time to showcase his skill set. All right, now taking a look at the next game this weekend for the Blackhawks coming up against the 10-9-1 San Jose Sharks Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central Time on NBC Sports Chicago back at the United Center for the second consecutive game. Feels good to be back home after that four-game road trip out west and into western Canada. And with the tough slate of games coming up here at the start of December, I was actually just talking about this with some of my buddies the other day, but this just really feels like another game that the Blackhawks need to have here against the Sharks. San Jose's been a bit of an up-and-down team so far this season. Definitely one you can't sleep on, but also one that I think is very beatable. The Sharks have lost 7 of 12 games so far in the month of November. They're also 2-3 and three on the road. And kind of like the Blackhawks, not nearly as bad though, uh, but the Sharks are hurting a little bit right now in terms of their offense. No real dominant performances out of them so far this month. And in their last eight games, they've only scored 15 goals without counting their empty netters. And most of their contests have all been low-scoring affairs. So I think this has the potential to be another slow game that, that could be a little bit boring to watch, sadly. Both teams are also solid on the penalty kill unit for the most part. Neither power plays or offenses are clicking at the moment. And I also just watched the Sharks play the Toronto Maple Leafs on Friday night. One thing I will say is that the Sharks do play with a good pace, but after kind of a chaotic opening 20 minutes, nothing was really going on for the rest of the way offensively. And with all the talent that the Toronto Maple Leafs have, I mean... Uh, we know the skill set that they that they possess. They converted on a couple of their chances early on in that game, and that's what accounted for most of the scoring. And that game also still wound up hitting the under on five and a half. So um, I think it's going to be probably another grind fest here tonight, if I had to guess. But that's going to play into the Blackhawks' favor, I believe. And with Mark Andre Fleury going to be back in net. I like the Blackhawks' chances to come away with another big victory at the United Center tonight, even if it has to come in low-scoring fashion once again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Sunday, November 28th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. 
So until Monday's episode, go Hawks. Let's pick up another big win tonight over the San Jose Sharks. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.